Great to have you here this morning. We have some wonderful visitors with us. And so I hope that all those that are you that are regularly attending can meet all the visitors. Proverbs says that he would have friends must prove himself friendly. So if we want to uh, please God and exist, we need to be friendly. So meet, please meet every visitor you possibly can today. Find out about them. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. <clears throat> I'm reading first, Second Timothy 1, 1 through 10. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, that I, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, now I'm sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan the the flame, to into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The word of the Lord. Father God, we come before you today, and we need a word from you. Horrible things are going on around the world Lord, visit us today and direct us and guide us to know what to do in these troubled times. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Okay. Two weeks ago, I started a three-week series on 2 Timothy, the mission the message, and today the method of God in building His church. And last week we said that it was a uh, global house that God is building, a global moral house. And I even forgot to, to mention last week that Second Timothy says itself, in a great house there are vessels. Paul said that to Timothy. There are vessels of dishonor and honor, honor and dishonor, right? And uh, if you don't remember anything else, I think the Greek there is worth remembering. A mega oikos. A mega oikos, okay? <laughs> a great house. So the God of the universe 
is building a great house. And we saw last week that it was from Isaiah 2 that we get this vision of the great house. And obviously with uh, the horrible things going on in Israel and the Ukraine and other places around the world, uh, we have a lot of work to do and God has a lot of work to do through us since Isaiah says that the preaching of the word causes the nations, all the cultures of the world, to beat their spears into plowshares. And that's not exactly going on everywhere in the world, including the United States. So we have our, our work cut out for us. Today, what I want to say is that the mission and the message of God are not what they're supposed to be unless we adapt the method of God. Okay? Because we can think we're doing God's will, but if we're not doing God's will God's way, we're not doing God's will. Okay? God not only has an end in mind, but he has a way to get there. And the means do not justify the ends. I'm not sorry. <laughs> Got to do that backwards. The ends don't justify the means. <laughs> I don't know what the other one meant. <laughs> it's a philosophical question. Okay, so there is a dynamic tension. There's a dynamic tension. For instance, the, I, I preached last week that the message of God is, at least Paul to Timothy said, preach the word, right? And why do I raise my voice? Well, I said last week that that's what preaching is. And you might need to turn it down a little bit. I scare myself. Preach the word, and, and we know that comes, from, that comes from Genesis where they ran out in front, uh, uh, Pharaoh commanded that a gr group of young men run out in front of the chariots in front of Joseph and the Pharaoh, crying out, bow the knee to Joseph. That's preaching. That's the word preaching. Caruso, okay? So why does he get so animated up there? Well, I'm sorry. That's my job. Okay, I have a job description. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to run out in front of the chariot yelling, bow the knee. That's what preaching is. Sorry. You have a job, I have a job. That's my job. So there's a dynamic tension. There's a dynamic tension between preaching the word and what Paul says in 2 Timothy 2. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach patiently enduring evil. Listen to that. ESV. I, I memorized this in the RSV. I don't remember that part. Patiently enduring evil. Wow. So you're supposed to preach the word, and when people don't like it, they get upset. You're supposed to patiently endure evil. That's a lot harder. <laughs> That's easier said than done. Correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them to repentance, them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So we see the, pre the church and the, the, the preachers and the church and all of us are to preach the word around the world, but not in a way that is unnecessarily unpleasant. You see? Getting in a shouting match, going to a demonstration and shouting at each other, that's not what Paul is into. Okay? You see it on television. 
What, what is accomplished by that? I don't know, except getting, you know, maybe getting into a fist fight. That's about it. So, you know, when we share things that people don't want to hear, do it pleasantly. Smile. Is that too hard? <laughs> you know, God, there's all sorts of things going on today that God hates, but when you share that with people, do it as pleasantly as possible. That's what Paul says, all right? Now, same thing with the mission. There's a dynamic tension even with the, uh, the, the mission. Last week, or the first week, I, I went, uh, Paul is about to have his head cut off in 2 Timothy by the Roman sword. And uh, before he does, he says he had to testify to Christ before either Caesar or a Roman ruler and he said that all the Gentiles might hear the whole message. So what is the mission of the church and the people of God on the earth? <laughs> I just stand here and wait for an answer. What is the mission of God on the earth? It's not a secret, I just said it. <laughs> In Russia, we interact. Jesus interacted with people. I'm just going to wait till I hear something. All the nations hear the whole message. Where's that? There you go. There's Seth. Okay, there you go, Seth. Very good, very good. I see you have some potential. Okay. All the nations hear the whole message, right? That's it. But this has to be understood in, in uh, the light of Acts 1.8. But you shall be my witnesses far away or where? Jerusalem. So how we do it, see, this is the method of God. How the message goes out to the whole world is very important. It has to start in our Jerusalem, which is where? Arlington, Texas. That's right. This is vital. And then I'll even go a little step further. It says to testify. Well, how do we testify? Matthew uh, 5, verse 14, 15, and 16. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do men or people now, of course, nowadays people, I see this, RSV, men, okay. <laughs> Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. How do we testify to the Lord, partially at least? By what? It's not a secret. <laughs> By what? I just read it. <laughs> How do we testify to the Lord? By our good works. Yes, <laughs> it's not a secret. This is the Sermon on the Mount, in case you don't know. Everybody's supposed to know the Sermon on the Mount, right? So our good deeds. So even uh, the, uh, the, the, the great house of God, the, the trajectory and the blueprint for it are the uh, pastoral epistles, which are First and Second Timothy and Titus. And so we read in Titus, and this is what I'm going to get at, and this is, how, this is the method of God. We read, I'm sorry, in 1 Timothy 3, the saying is trustworthy. If anybody aspires to the office of overseer, which most people take that to be elders of the church, 
He desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. The word hospitable is philoxenia. Philo. Anybody know what philo means? Love. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Philo or philo, xenia. Xenia means stranger or foreigner. Generally speaking, somebody not like you. Okay? Somebody who's a lot different than you are. Right? It's people that say Wycliffe instead of Wycliffe. I'm still like Wycliffe. What is Wycliffe? You know? It's guitar and Wycliffe. Very weird. <laughs> I was raised in Wichita Falls to begin with. That's how we said it in Wichita Falls. So, uh, hus hospitality is a part. All leaders in the church have to be hospitable people. They are lovers of people that are different than they are. That's what it means. And, I, and of course, it's translated hospitality, which means you have them in your home. Titus 1 6, same thing. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife, and his children are believers, and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination, for an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Again, God is building his moral house, his moral universe in the world today and has been since creation. And a key to that is a philo or a philoxenia, a lover of those that are different from us and having them in our home. That's what he says. Love of strangers and foreigners, which means having them stay in our homes, eating with us, sharing our lives with us. Now, he's been with us many years, but we've just had a shield for two days and two nights. And so we had the thrill. Where is the shield? There he is right here. All right. We had the thrill uh, last night and the night before of, and on the way here of hearing Cambodian, Cambodian, Cameroonian songs. It was wonderful. They had children's songs two nights ago. And last night, we had some adult songs. And then today, we had praise songs, all in French. And Fifi, right? Fifi, that's his local tongue. Fifi. Uh, wonderful songs. So, <laughs> he's, he, I'm different from him. He's different from me. It was wonderful time together. That's what it's talking about. That you act, see, f f uh, philo, we talk about agape a lot, but phi, uh, what, how do you say love? Phi, anyway, philo means love, <laughs> philo. And that means actually it implies liking. We like it. You see, not just love. You know, okay, I have to love somebody. Well, okay. But philo means I like it. See, do you like people that are different from you? That's what God's asking. Do you like people that are different from you? And, of course, the answer in the history of the world is no, no. Of course, human beings don't like people that are different from them. That's why we have all the problems, right? 
And you can go on. This, this hospitality thing is God's plan for the universe. This is how, this is how God works things out. Romans 12, 13, same thing. Romans 13, 2, same thing. Finally, uh, when people in the Presbyterian circles say hospitality, they only mean you invite Presbyterians to your house. You don't invite non-Presbyterians to your house. No, no, no. Okay. So finally, the only Presbyterian verse on hospitality is 1 Peter 4, 9. Show hospitality to one another. But it says without grumbling. So that's also a challenge. So the only Presbyterian verse on hospitality is 1 Peter 4, 9. One another, you know, only Presbyterians. But the rest of them are referring to people that are a lot different from us, including unbelievers. So, you see, we think of this as a small thing. Schaff's history uh, and Rodney Stark share that how did the Roman Empire become Christianized? Well, we think of it probably through preaching, and I'm sure some of it was. But they shared that it was because uh, the first-generation Christians, when there were plagues, they took care of the people that were dying, and they had them in their home. And some of them, you know, many of the Christians died with the people they were taking care of because plague is very contagious, right? The other thing they did, you can read it in history, is babies were abandoned on the walls of the cities, especially young girls. Babies were abandoned. And what they do? The first-generation Christians went out and got the babies off the wall and kept them. That's why you and I are here, because the first-generation Christians adopted ab uh, 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 abandoned babies and and risk their lives taking care of sick people during the plague. And I have a whole page on it. I can send this week <laughs> on how the emperor, the last pagan emperor, commented that the Christians take care of their sick. We pagans abandon our sick, and they're going to win the game. And that's how, that's how come you and I are here, because that first generation of people were so faithful. Okay, so... We have to modify the mission and we have to do the mission and the give the message out in God's way. Isaiah, let me remember, 58, 10 through 12. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as noonday, Isaiah 58. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as noonday. Do you want your gloom to be as noonday? Do you want your light to rise? Then we have to satisfy the desire of the afflicted. See, we want God's presence, but we don't, you know, we don't want to pay the price, right? We want the power of God, but we don't want to do necessarily what Isaiah 58 tells us we have to do. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in darkness and your gloom as noonday. Isaiah 58, verse 10. I am very encouraged that we have moved here to be closer to people. You see, we're just where we need to be. There's nothing, we don't need to be discouraged about anything. We're closer to people. 
hey, it's a good thing. <laughs> That's our job. Our job is to be philoxenia, a lover of people that are different from us. So we have a great opportunity here. Now, that's context of from the mainly from the uh, from the pastoral epistles. Okay, it, it it modifies it gives dynamic tension to the mission and the message of God. But now I want to very very quickly cover uh, cover at least two more points from the passage we just read from First Peter. 2 Timothy 1. <laughs> I got 1 Peter in my mind. Because <laughs> it's a Presbyterian verse, you know. Got to remember that one. <laughs> Show hospitality to one another. Okay. Paul says, Second uh, Peter, uh, 2 Timothy 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, God's method is to have his leaders first establish a relationship of love and affirmation as much as possible one-on-one -on -one with those they lead. You see, t Paul was the most influential person in the history of the world probably besides Jesus. The second most influential person in the history of the world through his writings, but maybe even, maybe even when he was alive, if you want to take percentage of the population of the world, has to be whom? The Apostle Paul. That's right. We have uh, his namesake here with us today. <laughs> Paul from Ghana. So Paul was the most influential person in the history of the world, and what did he do? He wrote a whole book dedicated or focused on one man. And he called him my beloved child. And he says grace, mercy, and peace to... Uh, to, to you from God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God whom I serve as I did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Did Paul get something out of the ministry? Yes. The men he was, the men he was ministering to, the main man he was ministering to and through, he got joy from him. See, do, do you and I get joy from those we're trying to help? Interesting, isn't it? So, God's method is to have leaders first establish a relationship of love and affirmation with one-on-one -on -one with those that we're trying to lead. We get joy from them. That's very powerful. That's very powerful. So that's, you know, you say, well, Blake, that's just what it says. That's right. I'm just repeating what it says. <laughs> profound observation to repeat literally what the, the passage says. Well, I'm a profound kind of a guy. I went to Texas A&M. <laughs> and we got beat again yesterday. I hate to say as usual, but okay. But it's not going to bother me. That doesn't bother me. Okay. Uh, the second thing, and here is uh, the real kicker. Even though Paul established that kind of a relationship with Timothy, did they leave it there? Then he says in verse 5, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, now I am sure dwells in you. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power 
and love and self-control. Now, you know that the word fear, because I mentioned it, I think, either last week or the week before, the word fear here is also the word cowardice. God has not given us a spirit of cowardice, okay? And you can imagine Timothy in this situation. He, that word, I, I, I wish I'd written it down. I don't remember exactly how it's pronounced. That word in Greek, <laughs> Timothy, you need to do this, this, and this because Timothy, God is not into cowardice. And so, you can imagine Timothy, he gets this letter, oh, my, my mentor, my, my leader is about to die, and he's going to say great things about me. And instead, he says, Timothy, look, you're being tempted to be a coward. <laughs> you think that was a little bit of a shock? So, how old was Timothy when he heard that, you know, he was having, that Paul was concerned about it? Well, he could have been as old as 45 or 50 because Paul probably met Timothy when he was 25 to 30 and they ministered together possibly 15 to 20 years. So he could have been a middle-aged man. So God's method is to reserve the right to challenge his people to change even in middle age when they're in church leadership. Does God have the right to call us that are no longer 30 <laughs> or 20, to change? Does God have the right to call you to change? How about when you're 50? How about when you're 60? I won't go beyond that. I'm 65. I just turned 65. And uh, this happened to me in 1995. I had, uh, Kathy and I had a very successful ministry at Texas A&M with the Navigators. We got to Russia. We had the only growing ministry in Russia at that point in time, 1995. We'd been there five years in the Soviet Union. And my boss, who was a Dutchman, named Hert, Hert, that's how he said it, Hert. <laughs> that's different, you see, and I was trying to love him, and he was different, see, trying to do what the Bible says. And uh, he wanted to do an evaluation. Okay, so Kathy and I met with him. And, and uh, my coworker was a woman, a Dutch woman. And she was uh, a little older than us, but uh, a good woman. And I thought, he's going to praise us, because we have the only growing ministry in the Soviet Union. We had about, you know, if you counted everyone, about 40 people in, the, in our ministry, and everybody else had almost no one. We got there first, of course. And next thing you know, he says, look, uh, your people say that you have a problem with anger. You're Russians. You have a problem with anger. I'm like, what? I was just dumbfounded. You have a problem with anger. And unless you deal with your anger, you can't be on NAV staff in Russia anymore. How do you like that? <laughs> I was dumbfounded. You know? And uh, it took me... Kathy says three months. I, I say just three weeks, but she says three months. It took me three weeks, th three months to, to process this. And I mean, I had success. We had success coming out our ears. How could you challenge me? So Paul challenges Timothy. And, and at the beginning, he says, I'm sure you have a sincere faith. So I, I, I think we all have to assume 
that Timothy made it, that Timothy did what, what uh, Paul wanted him to do. And you can read the whole book of 2 Timothy. There's a lot in there that, that Timothy was to work on. But it's interesting. He, Paul, on his deathbed, did not let Timothy off the hook in becoming like Jesus Christ. You don't get to retire being called to be more like Jesus, even if you're 75, even if you're 80. I don't, I'm trying not to speak beyond 65 because I haven't experienced it. But So what does he say? What if you don't want that? Because I, I, I contemplated that in 1995. What if I don't want these Dutch people telling me what to do? You know, the Dutch, they're not much. <laughs> and I, that went through my head. And of course, the, the funny thing is the Dutch say, if you're not Dutch, you're not much. So I'm playing. It's a play on words. So 2 Timothy, um, yeah, 2 Timothy 2. In a great house, a mega oikos, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood, clay, and some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for noble use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. He says, Tim, listen to me now, boy. This is how my dad would say it. This is how in Texas we would say this. Tim, listen to me now, boy. If you don't get your act together, what could happen? You become a vessel for dishonorable use. Now, if this was a men's Bible study, we would go into detail on that. <laughs> a vessel for dishonorable use in any house, what is that? To say it nicely, yes, somebody figured it out. We got real theologians here. It's a toilet, or it's a chamber pot, or it's a place, you know, where you, in the temple, because this is probably what he's talking about, you, you would slay the animals, and then their stuff that's inside of them, you would put in some sort of a thing to take it out and burn it, right? All the leftovers, and the bad stuff, you know, the manure and everything that's inside of an animal. That's what he's talking about. Timothy, you know, things can end up real bad here now. It's your choice. That's what he said. And the way you know it is because the very next verse in chapter 2, he says, so, right after that, what I just said, you could be a vessel for no dishonorable use. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call upon the Lord from a pure heart. Timothy, you're the, what Anglicans would call the bishop of Ephesus. Many churches under you. I set you over them to establish order with them and you could be a vessel of dishonorable use so flee youthful passions okay and we don't it doesn't mean he was youthful that means lust it's probably mainly sexual lust so flee sexual lust and timothy was probably married but still flee that so, this sermon could be called True, True Grit. So, Paul was unbelievably, he was focused on individuals. He was unbelievably affirming and appreciative. He got joy from people he ministered to. And yet, on his dying day, he did not give up working with them to become more like Christ. And God reserves the right to do that with you and I. Does that make sense? So, I think of 
Is it Psalm 139, which says, and see if there be any hurtful way in me. See, that's supposed to be our prayer. Lord, see if there be any hurtful way in me. It's at the end of Psalm 139, right? Huh? 51? Uh-huh. Well, anyway, Psalm 139 too, because I have it memorized. <laughs> you know, see if there be any hurtful way in me. We have to, that has to be our prayer. We have to be open to that. Okay, now I have a whole another sermon I'm going to have to skip. <laughs> That's all right. So uh, the last thing I would like to say is that all of this sort of gritty, challenging way of Paul, some people think is uh, not of not of Jesus, that Jesus was nice, but Paul was mean. So I'll just comment on that real quick, and then I'm going to do the Lord's Supper. So I, I, we had a devotional with Archer and Ashiel. And Ashiel, what did he call the disciples? Do you remember? What about this? Twisted. <laughs> he came down from the Mount of Ascension. And he got down there and they couldn't cast out a demon because they didn't have the faith and hadn't prayed and fasted and so forth and whatever. And he said, this twisted and unfaithful generation, do you think following Jesus around he would have been nice to you? Then you're kidding yourself. He called all of his apostles twisted. <laughs> and I, I had a cigar and I said, look, if you twist the cigar, what, what happens to it? That was at the devotional. It's useless. <laughs> if you're twisted, you're useless. <laughs> oh, brother. Okay, so now you can leave here and say, Blake said we're useless. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I said, don't deceive yourself into thinking that Jesus is nice and Paul is mean. Jesus was more loving than, uh, God, Jesus was full of the love of God. J Paul was full of the love of God. And because of that, he challenged everyone to be like Christ. That's the reality of it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.